Greetings, everyone. Hey, good. I got sound. Perfect. Ah, let me get myself set up up here. Is every have everybody having a fantastic feast this year? And I can tell you one thing. I'm getting older because I was challenging the kids last week or yesterday in bumper cars, and I was telling someone this morning. I, that last, I only went on it three times, which is very unusual. I think maybe fourth. But my back started getting sore after the second time, and I went, I guess Benjamin and all them were just a little too tough for me, and it's like, ah, I give up. To get with the message, because we're on the sixth day, it's flying fast. We're not going to mention that again at all, because we've got a talent show and things going on. Speaking of talents, my topic today will be covering that basic topic so to speak. And today, we're going to go into the parable of the, t of the Minuses, which will be in Luke 19. And in companion with that, since it's th they are very similar in ideas, I'm going to go into Matthew 25 also and kind of incorporate the two together and see what we can see today. See what we can learn. See what we can learn. Because they are very parallel. And they, they Literally, their theme is almost ties in perfect. So in Luke 19, 12 through 14, for those taking notes, Luke 19, 12 through 14. Let's get that undone. There. Therefore he said, a nobleman went into a far country to receive his kingdom for himself. Or I'm sorry, let me just read, read through this. I know I'm mixing the two. Therefore he said, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. He called ten servants and delivered to them ten minuses and said to them, Do business till I come. So they were to be active. They weren't just sit around, you know, they're servants. They went out to do their thing. And in 15 to 14 just kind of goes in, the, in but the, his citizens hated him and sent delegates after him saying, we do not want you to reign over us. And I don't want to focus on that, but that was true with the Jews. They really want to get rid of him, and I know the world doesn't want to hear about Christ being a ruler. And let's go on to the companion scripture. Matthew 24, 14, the beginning of the parable of the talents. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and deliver his goods to them. And to one he gives five talents, to another two, and another one, to each according to his abilities, and, and he immediately went to a, on, on, a journey, on his journey. And I, when we got the calendars, by the way, I'm announcing we got our calendars, anyone who wants to know. But that's not the reason I announced them. I thought it was funny. We're talking about minuses and keep thinking of minus like the minus sign because I just that's just with our society but minuses and talents I didn't realize that a minus is equivalent to six I'm sorry a talent is equivalent to 60 minuses so when in Matthew 25 you actually are looking at a higher quantity of money in that sense it's interesting and if you also note and I caught this, where Luke didn't mention it. He just said, go about, he just says, do, your, do business till I come. So you're to be active. It also, but in Matthew 24, in 15, it says, each according to his ability. So he do, God does not expect us to go beyond our ability. 
And I can understand that because I was once asked by Tulsa Church, why don't you sing? Do I need to explain any more? <laughs> why don't you lead songs? I don't sing very well. That's not my strong suit. I don't do that. And that's not within my ability. And God probably would never require that unless I, of course, retire and can join the band and Matt could tune up my vocal cords. But there's other things, but then there's multiple duties in the church anyway, and God can put you in any position according to your abilities, whether it's you're a, chi- a kid like here, you know, I mean, say, I can't do anything. Well, find somebody like Sean and Robbie and say, I need to move, t- what can I do for you? And they say, well, we need to move tables. Well, they got the strength. Some of us older people, you know, we have strength, don't have as much strength. And it's nice to have the younger folks jump in and say, yep, we're helping. And we see the, in the analogy that the, that the nobleman, the nobleman actually goes off to a far country. And we know this could represent Jesus Christ. Very, it does represent Jesus Christ very well. Because we see in 1 Peter 3, 21 through 22, just as a proof scripture. 1 Peter 3, 21 through 22. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, and God, angels and authority and power having been made subject to him. So he's gone to what we would consider a far off country. I mean, heaven, we don't know where it's at, and he's gone. He's went. He's still with us because the Spirit, he's awesome, and as a God, he's with us. But as far as the analogy is concerned, and it says servant in the analogy too. And I was practicing with a younger person, I was like kind of just telling him about servants, and it's interesting how we view servants. We think of them like laborers in a warehouse or something, and, you know, we mumble back. It wasn't that way back then. You did not talk back to your master back in the ancient days, unless you want to get a couple of whippings. It wasn't, you had to obey. You had to listen. And we do, and we're happy to listen because he's a great example for us. You know, he's a great example to listen to Jesus Christ. Because we see in Colossians 2, 6 through 7, just go into that point. It says in Colossians 2, 6 through 7, As you therefore have received Jesus Christ the Lord, so in him rooted and built up in him, established in, in the faith as you have been taught, abundant in, in it with thanksgiving. He sets a good example as our master. He's not a cruel master like I was talking about, but he's a good master. We follow him. We can do what he asks us to do. Now, it does say in the, in the analogy, I'm, I'm breaking it up intentionally. The first part, he says he goes to a far country and leaves us talents. You can almost equate that to gifts. First Peter 10, 11. 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11. Sorry, there's no 1 Peter 10, but you get what I'm saying. 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11. As each has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the, man, of the manifold grace of God. If anyone can speak, let him speak as the oracle of God. If anyone ministers, let him minister to do this ability. To, okay. Let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, and, and it goes on. Basically, we have a gift. The first part says, and as each has received a gift. So we all have got something. Like Reggie mentioned in his sermon many months ago, if you want to look it up on our Tulsa site, 
He was talking about everybody has gifts, and we've got to search for them. God gives us abilities, whatever that may be. You know, we have, and we also see in, and we are to use them in, in Romans 12, 5 through 8. And that part, that part I just said will be very important at the end of the parable. Romans 12, 5 through 8. As we, being many, are one body in Christ, and, and individual members one another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. We don't sit. Let us use them. If, we, if prophecy, let us prophesy in portion of, to our faith or ministry, let us minister using it in our ministry. And he who teaching, teaches in teaching, and I like this one, he who exhorts or encourages in, in exhortation, he who gives, liber, gives, give liberally, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So it's not just Moving tables. Sometimes you can encourage someone. You can be a person. Let's say you're older and you can't lift tables and all that. But you, people look up to you. You can encourage them. Show mercy. You can do, you can do your part. You can pray for them, for, all, for, for goodness sakes. People need prayer all the time. This year we've had a lot of need for prayer. And that's been unusual for the feast. And that's another way we have talents. We can be, I knew somebody said he was a prayer warrior. Didn't mean it as a boasting. He just, he was taught by his dad. To pray for everything and everyone because God is the one who provides. Now to continue with the parables. Back, back, so basically we're going to Luke 19, 15 through 17. Luke 19, 15 through 17. And so it was that when he returned, have, having received the kingdom, he then commanded his ser their, these servants to whom he has given the money, which is how my prop's going to go, because as, as Ian said, you know, you can give real money away. No, that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> to be called, and, called to him that he might know how much each man had gained by trading. Then he came to the first one. And then in Luke it says, like I say, Master, your minus ha has earned ten minuses. Perfect. A hundred percent, hundred percent more than that. Actually, it's a thousand percent increase. And he said, "Well done, good servant, because you are faith were faithful in very little. Have authority over ten cities." And the second came to him and said, "Master, your minus has earned has earned five. And likewise, he said, "You are over five cities." So these men increased. They doubled. They used it. They went out and trade. They did what they were told to do. In Matthew 25, 20, verse 20 through 23. And in this parable it says, So he who had received the five came and brought five more talents, saying, Lord, you've delivered to me five talents, and look, I have gained five more talents besides them. And the Lord said, well done, good and faithful servant. You, you, you were, ah, glasses. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter the joy of your Lord. And he also, he who, he also who had received two came to him and said, Lord, 
I've delivered you too. And I got you more. Got you more. And he said the same thing. These were productive, productive servants. They went out. They used their talents. They grew. They did what they did. They doubled it. And it's like, okay, so he gave them, like I say, not real money. I'm not handing out. So if somebody gets, let's say he gets, uh, he gets, he gets one. I didn't make the two dollars, but oh well, you get the idea. He gets it. Oh yeah, I did. Remember that dollar I got last year? Ah, where is it? You had the one, two, two, one got the two. He wasn't as goofy as I am and went to a store and bought it for ten bucks. But you know, hey, you know, even though it's worth ten bucks on the internet, I could have easily said, "Lord, we can sell it," you know. But and the one who did five made it into ten. That's good investment. I remember a minister who was explaining that said, "Well, think about this a minute. If you had money." because I've actually tried to invest money, and I actually intentionally withdrew my money from this guy who invests. I put in so much, and it didn't, didn't really grow that well. It just kind of, he didn't seem to invest it in a good way, and I finally just said, guy, I need my money back, and even with the penalties, it's not a big deal. He wasn't a good investor, and this was a professional. I went, I'm paying, you're taking commission for what? You know. Now I got a company that really does a good job, and I don't plan to pull that out at all. They really grow fast. But it's the same analogy. When you ha want to grow, or you know, when somebody, when God wants us to grow, and He puts investment in, He wants a greater investment. And I can even go into personal analogies. So let's go into a little more personal. I got actually permission from one of our guys who speak, I remember him being, I'm not trying to get the cameras all the cattywonky, but I remember him being this tall when I joined the church, and he asked me when I went to the church, I think it was 87, 6 or something like that, I don't even know if it was around then, but I remember when I kept going, Curtis Whiteley, he was a kid who ran around like his kids, and he was doing whatever, I don't remember all the details, because I was also a kid at the time, I was probably 30 or 20 or something like that, I could care less. But he, he, and I know his parents were saying they remember him running all over the place. And now look at him. He's grown up. He speaks. He's used his talents. He's made them grow. He, he's, he's made them, he developed them. Let's use a better word. He developed his talents well. He's gone up here and speak. And, you know, he does his research. He actually helps the youth. He, he's a, I mean, he, he has a family, and he's really developed himself. And there's other people like our band. I'm not going to embarrass our band members, but they keep practicing every week. They develop themselves. And what do we got? We get awesome music every week, or at least three or four times here. Art's looking at me like, huh? <laughs> but we do actually have good music because they practice, they develop. And in it, I'm going to embarrass one of the kids since he hit me in the bumper cars. I just decided. That. So Benjamin, I'm going to say I'm proud of you because I have seen Benjamin from being young, running around, just like Curtis, to a very responsible young man. He plays the piano. I mean, he does a lot of good things. And that's only a, a small list. Just think about others you may know. I'm not spotlighting any specific individual. I just, my point was to think about it. Who do you see in your church and your life or yourself, or whatever, how you've grown and developed? And God isn't doing this just for the fun of it. I mean, he has, he's not just saying, oh, well, you're going to live this life, and hey, you know, you're doing good stuff, you grow. 
He has a purpose for us, as we've already heard, but I'm going to reiterate just a little bit more. In Galatians 6, 8 through 10. Okay, for those taking notes, Galatians 6, 8 through 10. Perfect. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, which we see in our lives very true. He who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. You got life. Like, like Dale once said, our retirement plan, going to the feast, it's better than any retirement, retirement plan we have. I don't know if we really retire, but hey, we'll have a better life. And to continue on, and let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we, reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, so if something presents itself, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the house of the faith. So we are not to grow weary. I mean, we do, I'm sure we do, and God gives us breaks. Because I'm Just a tattle on myself, just a story to break it up a minute. I, I clean the church. I pick on myself as being the janitor, so if I say it, it's not, I'm, I'm just goofy. I like God better than my job. At my job, when I get tired, I can't stop. It's, it's pay, 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 me keep moving, moving. The little secret, and I've already told many people, is when I get tired of cleaning certain parts of the church, I have a place where I can go nap on the chairs for like 25 minutes, and then I finish up the church. I'm sure the cameras out there are catching that now. They've got cameras. I'm, I just go lay out in the chair for 20 minutes. I say, God, I'm sure you're not going to be mad if I just stop for a few minutes, rest, and take a moment to get off my feet. And... And, you know, it, he gives us rest when he, we do need it. But we're not to grow weary. We're to do, especially for the household of faith. And in Colossians 3, 24, just a real quick one on this one. Colossians 3, 24. Wait for the app gone. Knowing that from, from the Lord you will receive the reward of, of, an, of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. He's faithful. You know, unlike, I can even use analogies from the real world. It was a company that had a retirement fund, and you and older people know it. I think it was Enron or something like that, and they just blew it all, left leaving a lot of people who were depending on retirement gone. There was nothing there. They, I mean, they, they made them penniless. I mean, I didn't know anyone, but I knew someone who, was, who had a relative who was affected and was very angry because this guy worked 30 years for the company and they just squandered their retirement. It's like, now my, my dad's got to sit here and find other ways of living. God isn't going to do that to us. He is going to take care of us. And we know this from like Revelation 2 through 3. I'm not going through scriptures, but you know the promises. You get to be, what is it, one, you get to rule with the rod of iron. Hopefully you don't have to use that rod very often, but we get to rule. We get the eternal life, we get our name written, a new name. We get a lot of promises. Now, there's a flip side to this coin, speaking of money. Flip side of this coin. What if, what if you decide, well, I don't want to do anything. God's good with it. Let's find out. It says in Luke 19, 20, 25. In Luke 19, 20, 25. He who, 
Okay, let me start over. Master, here is your minus, but he never did anything with it, which I have kept put away in a handkerchief. For I feared you because you are an astute man. You collect what you do not deposit. You receive what you do not sow. And he said to that man, out of your mouth I will judge you, you wicked servant. You know that I was an astute man, collecting what I do not deposit and reap what I do not sow. Why then did you not put your money in the bank that at my coming I might collect it with interest? He looks at people. This kind of hints that at least do something. That's the hint I'm getting, whatever that may be. If he's giving you a talent, do something. Like I said with the young people, okay, so they can't speak, can't, you know, they're unable to speak at the present time, and they're unable to do, but they can help. You know, some of us old backs can't move tables, I guarantee. Like Nathan last year, he was a help. We had to move something. He practically lifted this lectern by himself. And I'm like, uh, okay, down, down, get some help. But he had strength. That was one of his abilities, and he's, he's a big old boy. He could pick this sucker up without a problem. And He's now got into the talent show, and I think he's doing other things. He's, grown, he's also developing his talents as he's getting older. That's awesome to see. And I did not quote the other one, but that's okay. I, it's basically the same principle. He goes after the individual saying, you should have done something with my talent. And it was fear. If you notice, it says, I feared you. There's no reason to fear. Just do it. And if it's a mistake... God's merciful. He'll say, yeah, sure, at least you tried. I can deal with that better than nothing. But we have great, we are, and through these talents, we're being trained. And like Steve's sermon, he talked about the kingdom of God. Well, who's going to be in it? Us. And we need to develop our talents because one day we're going to utilize our talents to help other people. It's not just to help us, even though it does. It helps others. Because we see in Revelation 20, verse 6, Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection, which is what we're shooting for. Over such the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. There's a gentleman, I know Matt likes him and I like him. He said, God does not want to live with eternity with losers. And, you know, I'm not saying he didn't say they were losers, but he doesn't want people who are failed. He wants people who succeed or, you know, overcome. And we are going to have the opportunity to be, be priest of God and go out. And we don't have to be, like I said last year, we don't have to sit there and watch our news. And I used to have a brick under the, in, in our lectern up there. I forgot I left it up there. That my mom, and I know my mom used to throw a brick at a TV saying, why can't I do something about it? We will be able to do something about it in the kingdom under the direction of Jesus Christ so we can handle it properly. We have that opportunity. I'm going to go into one more little example. That was my last verse. I'm going, just because it's, it's gnawing on me. It's not you all. I'm going through history right now, and I found a book on World War I. All I can determine from this book is World War I is, here you go, got the Germans allying with another country for whatever reason because somebody got shot. Okay, they just decided they were going to help. And, it, and if you look deeper, it was all for gain because the German government, according to the book and documents, said if we help, I think it was Austria that had their person shot, I think, 
if we help them and Hungary and we win, we could take some colonies out over here from the British. Well, they actually didn't think the British should be in, but they thought they could take some of the colonies in Africa and other places. And then when that escalated to France, France went in the war, of course, and then it just became a world war for no reason whatsoever. I mean, what were they fighting over? I mean, it was nothing. And the sad thing is, in their leadership, I'm not going to say what countries, and it was all countries, they just sent the men out there to be, pardon the expression, mowed down by machine guns because they knew that the, the new weapons, you could just rush out after them because machine gun was a very effective weapon of the time. And the, the, the generals didn't care. Oh, if we can outdo our enemy, they'll give up. That is what the book says multiple times. The Germans had it in their head that if we can outdo the enemy, if they can run out of soldiers, we're not going to do that. We'll value the life of people. We'll realize their value, and we won't let that happen. War will not occur like that. And who knows what the next war is going to be like. It's going to be, yeah. But we're not worried about that on the feast. What we're concerned today is that we do leave the feast. Well, actually, let's phrase that. We develop our talents here, take our talents to where we go, continue to develop them the rest of our life and every feast and every opportunity, and we grow. So then one day when we be put in that position of rulership, God will say, good and faithful servant. If you have been faithful over little, I'll be make you faithful over much. Everybody have an awesome feast of tabernacle, rest of the Feast of Tabernacles, and hope you